Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Well, once again, let me say to you, uh, Happy New Year. I hope that your holiday season has been wonderful. Um, one of the things that, that I do every year on the New Year uh, is I just I kind of read um, what other people are saying about the New Year. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm horrible at New Year's resolutions. I'm horrible at, at, at even at goal setting sometimes, and I, I get frustrated with it. And so I just, what are other people doing? And I came across a, a tweet yesterday um, from a pastor, and I can't remember where this lady pastors. Uh, I believe it's in, in Michigan. And she wrote this. This was kind of her prayer for her church. And I was so just just captivated by this. I thought, I'm going to make this my prayer for our church as well this year. And it kind of leads right into what I want to talk about today on this new year. But here's, here's the prayer. Here's the new year um, blessing, if you will, for the church. It was this. May 2022 be a year where you are surprised by the kindness and the goodness of God. May 2022 be a year where you are surprised by the kindness and the goodness of God. That's only the first half of it. Here's the second half. May 2022 be a year where you are God's surprise of kindness and goodness to someone else. As we sit at the beginning of this new year, let's just pause for a minute and let's kind of think about, because I think this is helpful, to think about where do I want to end up? What, what is the end goal? Where, where do I want to, do, to, to understand where I want to end up helps me understand where I want to begin. I, I love this quote. I've used this several times before. But I love this quote. It says, what, what, when is the best time to plant a tree? You want to have a beautiful shade tree in your yard? When is the best time to plant that tree? Well, the best time to plant that beautiful shade tree you want in your yard was 20 years ago, right? That's the best time to plant it. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Well, today. T today is the second best time because the sooner you get that tree to the ground the sooner it can produce the fruit and the shade and, and, the, and the beauty that you desire for that tree to produce the best time to plant one was 20 years ago the second best time is today so to understand more clearly what i need to begin doing today as we begin this new year to understand that more clearly i need to kind of pay attention to where do i want to end what is the end game what is my end goal so just as a little exercise as we get started this year, I want you to just kind of in your mind, just imagine for a minute, I want you to fast forward to the very end of the tape, the, the very end of your life. Just, just a good way to start 22. Just imagine the, the, imagine the end. Forget the resolutions, forget your goals for the new year, forget the, the new year, new year, the new year, new you stuff. Forget all, just, just go to the end of the tape for a minute. Go to the very end, and let's just assume that your memorial service is over. It was a beautiful service. We had a great time, and now we're all sitting around in the atrium eating cheese and crackers and the cream chicken sandwiches, and we're talking about you, and we're laughing as we remember the stories about you, and people as they're sitting around talking about you and reminiscing on your life on the day we were celebrating you, what do you want them to be saying about you? What are they saying about you? What would you hope that they would say about you? Because in that answer, you may just find what it is you need to start as we begin this new year about the, you you may in that answer you may figure out what you need to be about in 2022 what you need to start because we never finish that thing that we don't start 
I think there's some great insight into this, uh, into this idea in one of our Bible heroes, a guy by the name of Moses in the Old Testament. Hundreds of years, hundreds, centuries after Moses' life and death. The Bible talks about Moses again. Here, here, here's what ha- Hebrews chapter 11 says. I, I don't have it on the screen. You just have to listen to me. Um, Hebrews eleven twenty four. If you've got a Bible in your hand, you can read along with me. But Hebrews chapter 11, this is what God says about Moses centuries after his life. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Listen to this last line. He was looking ahead to his reward. What a great thing to be said about you. What a powerful statement. And that's where Moses' life ended putting the, the, the things of God, the, the, the things of the people of God that he was leading ahead of his own wants, his own desires, his own comforts, but looking ahead to his reward. That's where Moses' life ended, but that wasn't where it began. Let, let me recap Moses' story for you just real quickly. Moses was born in Egypt. He was not an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew man, uh, he was, but he was born during a period of time when the Israelites, the Hebrew people, God's people, were slaves to the Egyptians. And so these couple of million people who are Jewish, uh, Hebrews, are living in Egypt as slaves. They're building things. They're building the infrastructure. They're building the pyramids, things like that. Millions of them. You with me? The problem in, in Moses' birth was that this was about the time that Pharaoh, who was the, the, the ruler of Egypt, Pharaoh started becoming a little bit concerned about how many of these Hebrews there were. Now, he appreciated the slave labor. He was glad that they were there doing all the hard work, the grunt work for him. But he started to get a little worried that there were so many of these Hebrew people. And so he decided he needed to do a little population control. And so what he did, so so he didn't get overthrown, so the, the Hebrews didn't rise up against him. What he did was... He sent out a decree that all little Hebrew boys that were born should just be thrown out into the Nile River, you know, to drown and be eaten by crocodiles. That was his population control solution. And so that's what he did. So obviously this is a big problem if you're a Hebrew parent and you have a little baby boy. So Moses' mom decides, well, we can't let this happen to our little baby boy. So what she does, she tries to get out ahead of Pharaoh, and she makes a basket, and she floats her baby Moses down the Nile River, hopefully to safety, just to try to get him away from the danger. And by God's hand, if you know the story, by God's hand, Moses ends up where the Pharaoh's daughter, the ruler's daughter, is taking a bath in the river. That's where this little baby in the basket floats down. And she picks up the basket and sees how cute this little, little bitty baby is. And she's so adorable. And she adopts him. She takes him into her own palace, her own home, and raises him as her own. And there Moses lives until he is 40 years old. So you have a Hebrew boy who has grown up into a, a young man. I still think 40 is young, right? Yes. Okay. Into a young man in the Egyptian world. He's grown up as an, in an Egyptian palace but he's a Hebrew. So one day, Moses is 40 years old. He's out overseeing a job for Pharaoh and an Israelite, one of God's people, Hebrew people like Moses is, and an Egyptian, one of the the native people, one of the people who Moses has grown up as. He witnesses them get into a fight. 
And they have this huge disagreement. And Moses looks like, he goes, uh-oh, that's not good. We can't have this. I've got to protect my people, the Israelites. And so Moses goes down, and he ends up killing the Egyptian man who was fighting this Israelite man. Of course, he kind of comes to his senses after this fit of rage he's in, and he realizes, oh my gosh, what have I done? I've just killed a man. He looks around. No one saw him good. He buries the Egyptian in the sand thinking, I got away with it. I'll be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Until the next day when Moses is out again and he sees this time two Israelites, two Hebrews fighting with one another. And he goes down and he's trying to break up the fight like, brothers, what are we doing? Why are we fighting with each other? And they kind of look at Moses because he's one of them, but he didn't, didn't grow up as one of them. They kind of look at him with some disdain. They look at him and say, who made you the judge over us? Moses like, what? He said, why do you think you're, you're, you can be in charge of us? And then they say to him, what are you going to do? Kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses realizes he just, his face would have had gone white as a sheet. His secret was found out. Someone else knew. And he freaks out. And he flees Egypt. He goes out into the wilderness out into the desert, becomes a shepherd, and that's where he spends the next 40 years of his life in exile, in hiding, on the lamb, running, staying away because he knows if he ever goes back to Egypt, he'll be arrested and executed. And so that's where he spends the next 40 years of his life. So get this, first 40 years, Moses is in Egypt, living in the palace. Second 40 years, Moses is out in the wilderness, a fugitive, just watching sheep and then suddenly one day god shows up and this conversation ensues between moses and god where god says moses i need you to go back to egypt and moses is like whoa <laughs> god not gonna do that not gonna happen god's like you're not only gonna go back to egypt you need to go talk to pharaoh because you need to tell pharaoh you're gonna let my people go my people, they're no longer going to be slaves in Egypt. You need to go tell, you need to go tell Pharaoh it's time to let them go. And just in case you don't know, again, that's millions of people. That's the entire labor force in Egypt and for Pharaoh. This is a big deal. Let all of them go. And Moses is like, listen, God, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. And this is the point in Moses' story where I think we can find some motivation for us as we begin this new year, as we try to be the kindness and the goodness of surprise of, of God to someone else this year. So here's where we're, here, here's, here's the first thing we're going to learn from Moses. Start where you are. Wherever you are, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start where you are. Now remember, God has just told Moses, you're going to go back, you're going to talk to Pharaoh, you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses says, no, 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 hold on a second, God. That's not going to work for me. Who am I? And Moses is lying. Who am I? Why do you think I'm good enough? Why do you think I'm smart enough? Why do you think I can speak well enough? Why do you think I'm brave enough, courageous enough? Why, do you, why me? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What's he thinking? God, I, I killed a man 40 years ago. I, I'm a wanted man. I'm a fugitive. The moment I get back, they're going to arrest me and kill me. I can't go back. And Moses even asked this question to God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, he says, Who am I, Lord? Who am I that I should do this? And I find it very interesting that when Moses asks God, Who am I? Lord, who am I that should do this? God's answer to Moses 
does not begin with Moses. Moses want to know, who, who am I, God? Who am I? God doesn't say, well, here's, let me tell you who you are. That's not, that's not what, God, what God does. God's answer to Moses begins with who God is, not with who Moses is. Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, God said, in response to the question, who am I? God's response to Moses is, I will be with you. I will be, that, that's who you are. You want to know who you are? I am with you. Don't miss this. God's response is, let me tell you who you are. You are someone that I am with. That's who you are. So, so let me ask you. January 2nd, 2022, who are you? Well, I'm just a doctor, I'm a plumber, I, I do sales, I'm in finance, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, I'm a clerk, I'm a mom, I'm a granddad, I'm a baker, I, I wish I was an artist, oh, I'm just an American, oh, I'm just a man, I'm just a woman, I'm just a dad, I'm just a mom, oh, I'm retired, who are you? Do you know who you are? Because you are with him, that's who you are. You ever watch any of those award shows, the, the Oscars or the, uh, the the Tonys or the Grammys, something like that? You ever watch any of those shows? My, my wife's favorite part of those shows is not really the award shows. They're all right. We like to see the clips and see who wins the prizes, things like that. But the fun part of those awards nights is, are the shows that happen before the show. It's the red carpet show. When the celebrities get out of the limousines and they're all dressed in all the fancy designer stuff and the, all the paparazzis there taking all the pictures and popping the, the flash bulbs and things like that. that that's the favorite part of the sh- uh, my, my, At least my wife's favorite part of those nights is watching the, those red carpet shows, especially if it's one of those red carpet shows that makes fun of the people, what they're wearing, and things like that. That's another story for another day. We'll, we'll get there another day. But it always intrigues me. If you watch those moments, those red carpet moments, it always interests me who gets out of the car with the celebrity. Think about this. Now, sometimes two high-profile, two movie stars are married to each other, so they get out of the star together, and everybody's, ah, and then the crowd and the cameras, and everybody, everybody's pretty and looks great. But I love it when some superstar actress gets out, uh, out of the limousine, onto the red carpet. She's dressed in some designer gown, one-of-a-kind, hand-fitted, just right to her. And then out of the limo comes just some poor schmoo in a rented tux and a great clips haircut. I love that moment. And someone's like, look, who's that? Who, who is that? Who's that doofus over there getting out of the car with the movie star? Well, uh, he's with, with her. He, he's with her. It's, a, it's her brother or that's her husband. Or It's not someone important by celebrity gossip standards, but there he is stepping out of the limo onto the red carpet, cameras flashing all around. He looks out of place. He looks uncomfortable. He looks like he doesn't belong there, but he's there. Why is he there? He's there because he's with her. He's there because he's with her. Who am I? That was Moses' question. Who am I? Maybe that's your question, too. Who am I? You want me to be, to, to be God's surprise of kindness and goodness to someone? Who, who am I to do that? That's not what I can do. Who am I? God says, you're with me. You're with me. He says to Moses in chapter 3, verse 12, I will be with you. Be sure you catch this. Be sure you catch this. Because so many of us have discounted what God could do through us because of our past, because of the mistakes we've made, because of what we couldn't do in, in, before. But we simply need to understand, just like Moses, 
God says to you today, I am with you. I am with you. And when we understand who he is and that he is with us, it gives us a certain confidence to do things we would never think about doing otherwise. When I was in my early 20s, my dad and I took a, a weekend trip down to Dallas, Texas to go to a couple of baseball games, a couple of Texas Ranger baseball games. And we're sitting there in the stands. We had seats up kind of behind home plate. It was just a, a, just a nice night. My dad and I, we two, two nights in a hotel, and we went to a couple ball games and ate some good food. And just had a great time just before I kind of became an adult, you know. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there watching this ball game this one night, and uh, the, the Rangers were playing the Seattle Mariners, and, and the guy from the Mariners hit a foul ball pew, right up in the sky, and it's coming. It's like, Dad, that's coming at us. We both stand up, and I take my hat off like I'm going to catch it in my hat, right? And so I'm reaching out, and, um, and it hits the person right, in, like two rows in front of us, hits them right in the hand, and bounces off their fingers, and that foul ball lands right at my feet. So I do what any normal person would do in this moment. I freak out, right? And I dive onto the, the nasty stadium floor where all the peanuts and beer have been spilled, jump onto the floor to try to get this ball and there's all these hands reaching in all over the place and as I'm trying to grab the ball I look up and my dad who's standing on this side of me and I'm kind of on the aisle my dad is doing this <laughs> so no one else can go get that foul ball and I got the foul ball it's, it's, in my, it's in my office if you want to see it after the show I'll let you know that's the moment that, that, that's the picture you have a confidence to do something because of who's with you that's the picture of Moses here to truly understanding who is with you because when you know who's with you, it gives you confidence. It helps you do something you might not have been able to do on your own. Listen to me. 2022, God has something he wants to do in your life. God has something he wants to do through your life. May you be God's surprise of kindness and goodness to someone else this week. But you've got to start right where you are. That's where it begins. It doesn't matter where you are when you know who you're with. That's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to start where we are. Here's number two, real quickly. You've got to use what you have. You've got to start where you are, and you've got to use what you, ha what you have. Now, despite God's promise that I'm with you, Moses, Moses still feels like, I don't know about this God, because God's like, I, I want you to go to Egypt. Moses is like, I don't want to go to Egypt. I'm a wanted man. I don't know. Moses says to God, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to me? Or, or what if they say, Moses, you're crazy. You're a crazy old man living out in the desert for 40 years. God didn't come talk to you. You're, you're crazy. And God says to him in Exodus chapter 4, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? That's the question. And Moses, who's a shepherd, looks at his hand and goes, it's a staff. It's a shepherd's staff. Now, don't miss the power in this. Why didn't Moses have a staff? He had a staff because he's a shepherd. That was the tools of his job. That's what he did. He had a staff because he always had a staff in his hand. It wasn't any kind of special thing. It wasn't like Moses had been working on these bow staff skills and he was ready to rock and wait till, wait till I show God what I can do and we'll figure this out. He had a staff in his hand simply because he was a shepherd. That's who he was. And God is going to take that staff, something that's just ordinary, and God will do extraordinary things through that staff as you finish reading Moses' story throughout the book of Exodus. But I love this moment. Because first, God knew what was in Moses' hand. So why does he ask Moses? If God already knows, why does he ask Moses what's in his hand? Because he wants Moses to identify something that Moses had completely and totally ignored. 
What's in your hand? Well, it's, uh, it's just my staff. Something common, something that I've got with me every day anyway. Something normal for a shepherd to have. And God says, okay, we'll work with that. I figured that if Moses would have had an iPhone in his hand, God would have worked with that. God could have made the iPhone change into a snake. Whatever Moses had, God was going to use it. I hope you know the story. God says, Moses, take that staff and throw it down on the ground. And Moses throws it down on the ground, and the staff becomes a snake. Now, already, in my version of the story, I'm freaking out because I don't do snakes. And then, Moses sa- and then God says to Moses, pick up the snake. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> you want me to do what, what now? What, what, pick up the snake. And Moses picks up the snake, and it becomes a staff again. Listen to me. If you believe that God has called you, if you believe that God is with you, then God is not worrying about what you don't have. God, God doesn't give two rips about what you can't do. But I, I don't know the Bible very well, and, and I, I don't know if I, I can teach those kids down there, and I'm not very good at this, and I just I don't have time for that, and just shh, 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 shh. What's in your hand? Somebody said, well, hold on a minute. My, my, my stick is a club. Because I've got a rough background. And my dad used to, and my, my, my mom used to, and I, I, don't, I didn't even know my, and, and God says, fine, all right, let me use that. How can you use my abuse? How can you use my bitterness? How can you use my brokenness? How can you use my history of hurting people? What can you do with that? God, I, I got a past. I, 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 the stuff, I, the stuff I don't want anybody at church to know about. I'm a failure. I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a cheater. I, I've broken promises. I've disappointed myself and others. What can you do with that? Moses was an ex-con. He's a murderer, a fugitive. He's on the lamb. That's who Moses was. And God says, we'll use you. Moses says, I, 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 I can't speak well. I, I got a stutter. I, I can't speak well. God says, I can use that too. Whatever it is, we'll use it. Think about this. Moses was a nobody on the run from the law. Most likely had a severe stutter, if not some other form of speech impediment. Think about this. Is it possible that God does more with goobers than with greatness? Is it possible that God does more in our brokenness than when we think we've got it all together? Does he do more with the loser than he does with the star? And his question for you and my question for you as this year begins, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Because whatever it is, you have exactly what God needs for you to be the surprise of kindness and goodness in this world this year. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for bringing us to this moment, to this place, to this new year. And Father, as we look back on the past year, the past couple years, it's still with, with a lot of hurt, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, a lot of doubt, a lot of confusion, a lot of hurt. So, Father, we bring all of that to you. We bring our lack of direction. We bring our lack of hope, our bitterness, our brokenness. We bring our pain.
say, here it is. This is what's in our hands. So would you use it? Would you use us to be the surprise of goodness and kindness?